Hello, welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast with your host, Cara Lovick. This is the first episode ever, and I'm really, really excited after going to Guitar Center and picking up everything I needed and then also just doing a bunch of other stuff. So I really wanted to talk about something sooner than later, so I got to work. For those of you just tuning in, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast and what you can expect. We're going to be talking about traditional indigenous medicines of Peru. So that includes Amazonian and high Andean Kiro healing modalities. Tell you a little bit about myself. I have been volunteering for healers for about nine years. All kinds of healers, but half of that time, probably more, I've been working with Amazonian healers and now high Andean healers. So that is what this podcast is all about. The first episode is going to be why holistic-minded therapists should work with traditional indigenous healers when they're offering energy healing or spiritual services to their clients. I have four really good reasons, if you're a therapist out there and you're tuning in, that I really want you to consider. And the first one is, and it's a really strong one, it's the best for your client. So I know a lot of people out there are offering new healing services. A lot of therapists are doing Reiki and very cool stuff out there. But um, in terms of healing work, it's, it's really hard to compete with masters. And we really want the best for your client. We want to provide them with the best possible services, right? So when a client comes to you with a pretty severe case, your best bet is to let a maestro or a master of these medicines take a look at your client. Why? Because it's going to make that journey to healing much faster and much more productive for both of you. So let's let's dive a little bit into that. I, I, I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to go out and say this. It's it's really, it's impossible. I, and, and I usually don't use that word too much, but it, it quite, it really needs to be used. It's impossible to achieve the kind of mastery in healing, in energy healing that these masters have for especially us who were born here in a more modern society. Um, let's take the Kiro, for example, and, and don't get mad at me. <laughs> this is just food for thought. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen, but but this is, but hear me out. For the Kiro, for example, they're a high Andean community who have pretty much retained all their wisdom and all their customs since pre-Columbian times, and it is a hallmark of their community. So while a lot of us were in, in, in life trying Trying to figure out healing in general, the concept of it, and, and trying to have people here acknowledge it over there. It's it's part of everyday life. So while we were just beginning to learn about these concepts, Kiro children were mastering very complex concepts of energy healing. And it begins and starts there. But also, you know, they come from lineages of, of healers, very powerful healers. And it's really, really, it's, it's hard for us to compare ourselves because there really is no comparison. And I've been around for quite some time volunteering. I've seen all kinds of, uh, I'm a bit of an energy healer connoisseur, if you will. And truth of the matter is that they're masters for a reason. So so that is something that um, we, we really should consider. Um, I have a story I kind of wanted to share. And like I said, I'm, I'm an energy healer connoisseur. I've tried all kinds of stuff, volunteered for all kinds of healers, um, just, just to get a glimpse of this world and really understand it, get a foundation going. And one day I decided, this was later on in my 
my journey to go on an app called Clubhouse. And they were doing free Reiki sessions and free Akashic record reading. And I thought, wow, that that sounds really cool because I had heard of it and I wasn't too familiar. And and I was kind of like, okay, I really got to check this out. So I went into the group and I was listening to the person that was doing the reading. And I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. And I kind of like kind of guinea pigged myself into the whole thing just to see what it was about because I'm I'm a, I'm a good sport and and things felt okay I felt the energy there was definitely things going on and and I thought it went well I'm like well that was a cool experience morning after I could feel I had delays in my field or atrasos which I'll do a podcast episode on that alone but I had delays in my field and I said oh no this is this is this is not good <laughs> something went terribly wrong and so I talked to the Kiro we did a coca reading to see what it was and how I got this delay in my field and we tracked it with a coca reading and what it was was that this reiki healer had had gave it to me so while they were out healing people they must have gotten someone's delay uh, basically a complication they must have you know just by coming in contact with each other's field in such an intimate way um they had basically gotten this delay and essentially she was spreading it out to everybody she was connecting with and i was Wow, I was really um, speechless because that, that was pretty serious and she had no idea. I talked to her the next day and I said, listen, this is what happened. This is what we found out. And, you know, you might want to take care of that before you you go out there and do it again. And she politely acknowledged me and was very nice and respectful. But the next day she was out doing it again. So and and community, please don't get angry at me. I, I know you're doing really beautiful stuff. This is only a very specific case, but it did happen. And it's a very serious problem, very serious mistake, too, that can happen, but that does not happen with masters. That is the benefit of dealing with masters. Masters see they have a an eagle eye on the situation. You know, these these masters are out doing coca readings for the entire cosmos. Uh, the, 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 the healing power is unimaginable. So it's it, you can't compare. That's that's kind of my point. So we have that. We want to give your clients the best that they possibly can get. And working with indigenous healers is that way. And then I have a number two by sending work to to these traditional indigenous healers, you're really supporting their communities and their projects. And what that does is it basically encourages their healing traditions to thrive. And I don't know how to say this, but a lot of a lot of people out there are, are piggyback riding on a lot of these healing modalities, whether it's plant medicine, whether it's Amazonian in general, whether it's high Andean, and people are making millions of dollars. But it just, it doesn't add up to me that these healers are still in poverty. Their communities are in poverty. They barely have any, you know, schools on their reservation and and it's just simply not fair so when we give them a space in the world of healing we are honoring them and we're also basically having better foresight to to help ourselves in the future because we want these healing traditions to be here for generations to come but they're going to struggle to be there especially with climate change by the way if we don't support them so that's number two you definitely want to work with them because you want to make sure that they're still there because we need them desperately number three and this goes back to 
a little bit of what I had mentioned, but we, we help prevent exploitation from happening in the healing world regarding traditional indigenous healers. And and this happens all the time, by the way, as somebody who's has been volunteering for a lot of healers, I know the business end and I know what's going on behind closed doors, right? Because there's this beautiful websites and promise of love and universal oneness. And then I see how the cooks get treated. And then I see how the healers get treated. And, 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 and I see this very dirty side of healing, right? And this happens from people that purchase supplies from them. This happens from people that own these centers. And, and even from the people that profit from the very name of, you know, these sacred medicines, whether it's Amazonian or High Andes, right? And we have to figure out a way to stop this from happening because it's not helpful for anybody. And it's not something that we need to be do, giving back to these healers. So we need to make a place for them. And, you know, it only takes $50,000 to send a cure to college. My dream is that one day they're not going to need even me to be the bridge in the middle. I really desperately just want to go back to sweeping floors and volunteering and just being a part of it because I've been forced into this position to look after them, right? Because what's happening isn't correct. That is one reason why we need to, to do that. We need to include them in and try to cut this exploitation and this kind of kind of attitude towards them. It, it needs to stop. And number four, it's just better business sense, right? Because because if your clients are doing well, you're going to do well, your brand is doing well, uh, these healers and their communities are doing well, that means that we can, that we have access to them in the future. I mean, it's just a sustainable way of going about business. And I'll give you an example. I I was, uh, I, I came across someone who had really bad fentanyl addiction, really bad. And his girlfriend came to me and tried everything. He went to a therapist who was very open-minded, but couldn't help him. So he only did like maybe four or five sessions before leaving. Then he tried to center. That didn't work and then it just came to me and he came here and and I told the Carol hey listen this is what's going on we we did a coca reading we figured out what was going on I pitched in with some Campbell healing sessions the Carol did their thing and and that's it you know his his addiction was alleviated 75% after the first session that we had done and if his first therapist would have been for example open to working with me the Kiro, the project that we have going on he would have kept his client because his client would have been like, whoa, now I can move into rebuilding my life. Now I can move into other topics that I just couldn't get a hold of because this addiction was really in the way. And I've seen it over and over and over and over. Working with our project, Traditional Medicine, we can help you alleviate these these obstacles, right, that, that your client's going through. And, and that's getting in the way to you really maximizing what you could do for them as well. We want to make sure that you're doing well. We want to make sure that your clients are doing well and everybody can win. There's a space for everybody. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about. If you were listening in, if any of this made sense to you, go on our Instagram. If you want to hear about anything in particular, I'm always open to, to hearing uh, suggestions for topics. And, uh, and if you're a therapist out there, get in contact. Definitely get in contact. We'd love to work with you. We think that integrative medicine is, is the future and we'd love to hear back from, from you. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is our very first podcast and I'm really excited to continuing. Join in if you want to talk a little bit about indigenous, traditional indigenous medicines of, of the Amazon and the high Andes. I'll be around. Thank you so much for tuning in.